All right, let's jump in. I want to start the series, Big Things Often Come in Small, Unwanted, and Surprising Packages. I've had the last couple weeks off, and um, that can be dangerous, so you, go, you probably know what I had to do this morning. I had to get up and trim everything away that I've been, or most everything away that I've been studying the last few weeks and what's marinating in my heart because otherwise it'd be a two-hour sermon and nobody needs that in, in December. But you know something I feel like I want to say? I just feel it quickened in my spirit. And I, I wasn't planning on saying this. Hear me. This is the first Sunday in a month that we're going to finish 2020 strong. Listen, God is getting ready to bring many of us into a new year and he's going to go out with a bang in a good, powerful way. How many of you received that? Now you need to begin to expect it, that this is the first Sunday, the last month of this year, and it's going to be a big month. Micah chapter five, verse two says this, but you, Bethlehem, though you are small, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. The Passion Translation says it like this, but you, Bethlehem, David's country, the runt of the litter, from you will come the leader. He will be no upstart, no pretender. His family tree is, listen to this, ancient and distinguished. How many of y'all come from a family that's distinguished in the wrong kind of way? Most all of us. Big things often come in small, unwanted, and surprising packages. Have you ever played that game? I hate that game where you get three boxes and they're all three gifts and they're different sizes and different weights and you get to choose which one you want. And you're, you're, you're challenged with the decision, do I take this little tiny one that weighs a lot or do I take this medium-sized box that I'm trying to shake it but it's not telling me anything or do I take this big one that feels like there's three tissues in it? And then you pick the, the small weighty one and there's a big rock in there. And in that big box, there's three $1,000 bills and you're like, what was I thinking? Anybody, I hate that game. Oftentimes, big things come in small, unwanted, surprising packages. The prophet Micah speaks of Jesus' birth and he says, but you, little podunk, out of the way, rural Bethlehem, known for almost nothing, the Messiah, the ruler, is going to come from you. First thing I want to say this morning, I have four points. The first one is this. Big things often come from dysfunctional families. And it's a good thing because all of us come from a dysfunctional family from one degree to another. But some of us have a checkered past or we have people. We have a crazy Aunt Susie. Or wild Uncle Bill, we've got somebody, or we're that one. And there's somebody that just messes up the distinguishing kind of family that we come from. Jesus comes from one of those families. 
Big things often come from broken, dysfunctional families. You know that I, I teach this, and every time I do a wedding, I, I identify this to a degree. The Bible is all about family. It starts with a wedding in Genesis. It ends with a wedding in Revelation. And all through the Bible, there's literally hundreds of references to family, God's commitment to family, and that family is the institution that he uses to produce healthy people. All through the Old Testament, he talks about it, and that fact that he'd be faithful to a thousand generations. And then the last book of the Old Testament, the last chapter, Malachi says this, that the day will come where I will turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers to the children. And then there's 400 years where there's nothing written. The Old Testament is complete and there's 400 years of nothing from heaven. No word from God. We sang earlier, even so, we will wait for you, even so, come Lord Jesus. Sometimes you have to wait. They were in a season of waiting for the Messiah, for the plan of redemption to be revealed. And then Matthew opens up the New Testament and Matthew is writing to the Jews. He wants the Jewish people to know that Jesus is the Messiah. That's his whole MO for writing his book, his gospel story. And he opens up with the genealogy of Jesus. And in there we see 42 generations and many of the names we're impressed with. He starts with Abraham and we see Isaac and we see Dave, Jesse and, and David and it's a list of who's who. And then you wonder why Matthew would be reaching out to the Jewish people to strongly identify in a clear, undeniable way that this is the Messiah, this is the Jewish Messiah, Jesus. And yet it's like verse three, after 400 years, he mentions three women. There's four in the list, but three of disrepute, I mean, just bad reputations. He mentions Tamar, a battered wife who was married a couple times. He mentions Rahab, the harlot, the prostitute. He mentions Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, the woman who committed adultery with King David, of whom it would be said about Jesus, who is the root of Jesse, the father of David. And there's this mix of, oh wow, Abraham, Isaac, oh wow. But really when you drill down, you look at all the stories, even Abraham, he lied, he slept with someone and created a mess that we're all still trying to clean up. And then, Matthew, you're going to put those, those, those women in this list of our forefathers? Why would you do that? For several reasons. And those of you who've been around here a while, you know I teach this. Anytime you see a long list of names in the Bible that are impossible to pronounce, God doesn't do any of it by accident. When you see a lot like in Numbers or other places or the New Testament open up. God, I'm trying to encourage people to read the Bible. And you, you haven't said anything for 400 years. And you're going to start with a long list of Shiltiel and Abiezar and Tame. And 
Why would you do that? When God puts a list of names in the Bible, he's saying three things. The first thing he's saying is every name is a person and I love people. The second thing he's saying is that I love people of bad character. And the third thing he's saying is when he lists a, 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 a list of names, most often the first name mentioned, in this case, it's Abraham. And in the first name, God is making a covenant to Abraham and then when we get all the way down here to Jesus, God is wanting, to, wanting you and everybody to know that when he makes a covenant, no matter how crooked, how broken, how dysfunctional, that line of people who have inherited my promise, I am faithful to keep my promise even when people are unfaithful. Now for you and me, that should give us a lot of hope. And, and here's the thing, I, I know that family is very important. And there are people, all of us, that something has happened in our family or in our father or our mother's family and probably all three that the enemy continues to use and make us feel less than, disqualified, limited, or wounded. And I could give illustrations of Abuse, words that were spoken, physical. There's a, I'm, not, I'm gonna stop because the scabs are often not healed when we, and it's Christmas. But the truth of the matter is that we all sit here this morning and Satan would have you think you will never be functional, normal, healthy. You are always gonna be broken, walk with a limp, and you're never going to amount to anything because your people and their people never amounted to anything. And I'm here to tell you this morning, not only is he a liar, but you are going to amount to something. You are not always gonna be wounded. That negative self-esteem, that negative self-image, the word of God, the blood of Jesus comes to break that curse off of you. And not only all of that, you're gonna live a prosperous, fruitful, productive life. And I hold on, before you start clapping, I know what I'm, I'm swimming upstream. I've dealt with people long enough. I've counseled enough people to know that you gotta really help people get in the word, get rooted in the word, to understand they have a new father. And their father in heaven has more impact on who they are and who they're going to be and where they're going than their own earthly father. You are free. Not only are you free, listen, if the list kept on going from Abraham, Isaac, Jesse, David, Jesus, it would go Papa Charlie, Chuck, Brandon, Eliana. Are y'all tracking with me? What I'm saying is what Jesus did on the cross, it started in the, in the, in the barn in Bethlehem. And big things come from broken, dysfunctional families. And now you're in that big, functional, healthy, healthy, godly family. And you are part of God's covenant plan that not only what he did in Abraham, did he do it in Abraham, he wants to do it in you. You're more special than I can help you understand. 
There's more promise and potential on your life than you can imagine. I'm feeling that struggle, and this is where I go. I, if I could just not start yelling on the first point, that would be better, and so would you. But I feel it. If I could take each one of you to lunch, I would do it every day in a row to help you understand, and you and I have spent time doing this. God's plan for you is unimaginable. Big things come out of dysfunctional families, don't they, Papa Charlie? He shouldn't be sitting here. He shouldn't have his son up here. She shouldn't be here. And look where we are. Many of you, you shouldn't be here. And if your high school football coach saw you now, he would go, no way. And you say, way. He is eight. Yeah, who said that? Yahweh. You went all Peebo Bryson on me. Yamo be there. How many of you are here today and you are not ashamed? You've been brought into the family of God and big things are coming out of you, your children, and your children's children. Come on, anybody believe that this morning? Yes, indeed. Now, I, I, honestly, I could break it down. I, I feel, I, I've been off two weeks. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, there are people in my mind right now, I wish I had known this when I was 25 and really believed it. All you catapulters and you post high schoolers, oh, please hear what your pastor's telling you this morning. You are more, God has more. It doesn't matter where, where you've come from. Bethlehem, David, you, David, even your daddy didn't think you deserved to be in the lineup with your seven other brothers. And yet, Jesus is called the root of Jesse that came from David, the greatest king of Israel. Do y are y'all hearing not what I'm saying, but what he's saying to you this morning? It's over. That, that weak mindset is over. You're coming out. God has significant impact he's going to bring to this world through your life. Can somebody say amen? amen? Second thing is big things often look like small, meaningless things. You got to be able to see things. You got to be able to see opportunities. Because listen, some of you have had it happen in relationships and business. Big opportunities are often are missed because when they present themselves, they don't show promise. They don't look like much. They don't look like big opportunities. Luke chapter two, verses 11 and 12, it says, today, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby. Now, wait a minute. All these angels coming to the shepherds and you're saying, we're going to go and find the Savior, the Messiah. And then you said, we'll find a baby. I don't get it. Can you imagine those shepherds? Because men don't hear things the first time when you tell them. And some men don't hear the second time or the third time. They heard a Savior, the Messiah, buzzwords for Jewish shepherds. 
And they're out on their field. And the Bible said they left to go and find that which they had been told about. And can you imagine walking up on that site and going, okay, we're here to see the Messiah? Now, excuse me, has anybody seen the Messiah? And Joseph go, I, I can, I, Joseph trying to, I, I know what you're thinking. I mean, you, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. There he is. Oftentimes, the greatest moves of God in the earth look like nothing. We're in a season right now that looks not only like nothing, it looks really bad. But there's things that are, have been conceived in the spirit. There's prayers that are about to be answered that the saints have prayed for hundreds of years. Are y'all out there? You're not, no you're not, some of y'all are, but you're not. You're going, I'm just trying to get to 2021. I'm trying to pay my mortgage. And I understand that, but there's a whole lot more happening. Pastor Chuck, it's a baby with diapers that somebody will have to stay up all night. It's from a messed up family. They haven't even had intercourse, they're telling us. Who knows these people? His daddy's a carpenter. Can you imagine if CNN or Fox had been reporting this one? <laughs> It'd be a big fat whatever. And they would be wrong. Again. Zechariah chapter four, everybody look here. I could go to three dozen places and illustrate this in the Bible, but everybody look here before. I, I, I like to bring people along and not, a, not insult your intelligence, but you have to wring the truth out of the beauty of a biblical story. In Zechariah, Zechariah the prophet, Babylon came in and destroyed the temple, the temple, the place of worship. It was more than city hall or the community library. This was where the relationship of God happened for the people. It was actually, are y'all listening? It was where the presence of God, the literal presence of God in the earth resided. And Babylon came in and destroyed the temple. It's kind of like what's happening now. The, the place where the people of God get together in the presence of God, there's a move to eliminate it. And in 536, Zerubbabel comes back and he lays the foundation and, and he's just overwhelmed and he can't get people to help him rebuild the house of God. And so he gives up and 16 years later, prophet Zechariah begins to speak. I, 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 the youth pastor in me is coming out again. I just wanna make sure everybody understands the setting. The house of God, if the house of God is torn down and nobody's motivated to rebuild it. There's big time problems in the culture. And, and the prophet can't get anybody motivated or to see the vision for rebuilding this. And verse one of Zechariah four says this, then the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up. How many of you are thankful that God sends messengers to wake people up? How many of you are how many of you are praying that God will send one today to that person sitting to your right or left? Seriously. 
A supernatural thing. God, the angel came and woke me up like someone awakened from sleep. And then he asked me a rhetorical question. He says, what do you see? And you'll know, it's, it's five verses later where the prophet says, the word of the Lord is, you're gonna rebuild this temple, but it's not gonna be by might or by power or your strength, but by my, come on y'all, say it, but by my, capital S, by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, the Lord who's here. Big things are often overlooked, go unnoticed because they look too small, unimportant. Verse 10 says this, do not despise the day of small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. When you're just getting started, don't, don't quit. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't despise those. I don't want to, nobody's helping. It's too much work. We don't know where we're going to get the material. And the Babylonians, they're going to come back in and they'll destroy it again. Or people go, it's not going to turn out to be much. I don't know if God's really into this. The situation's too difficult. It's too much work, too much to get done. People feel that way about getting healthy. It's like, I haven't been healthy in 20 years. Well, just start somewhere. Getting out of debt. You can, you, I say this, you can get out of debt. It's not rocket science. You might need God's help. No, you will need God's help to get your wife to quit going to the mall or getting those coupons and going to Michael's and things where she's going right now. We're selling Bibles because we read the Bible through every year and we just got a new batch, like a hundred of them. And Pastor Chuck, how do you read the Bible through in a year? 365 days? You just read one day at a time, just do the one devotional. And before you know it, 12 months later, you're sitting there going, I did it. And you'll look in the mirror and go, who is that guy? I like him because the word will get in you. Big things that they start small. The shepherds had been told they'd see a savior. The Messiah had come to Bethlehem, but they just found a baby. The wise men brought royal gifts fitting for a king, and they came a little later, and oh, all they found was a toddler. A toddler. We came... We've been walking for years. Who is this Jewish God that let, this star brought us all the way here to see a toddler? I'm an atheist now. Because I don't like what I see. God, his plan and his ability often looks like there's no way. Why even try? Some of you have been through this. Why set myself up for disappointment again? Let me remind you. Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, was conceived in the womb of a teenager. He was a vulnerable fetus 
growing in the teen, in a 14-year-old, 15-year-old teenage virgin's womb who had never been a mother. We're going to talk about that later. A God that would do that? Oh, he'll come anywhere to reach you. Is there any room for him in your life? Can you make time for him? Mary was given an impossible word from the angel. The shepherds had been given a supernatural word about the Messiah, but they all had something that someone said to them about what was happening. Man, I have so much to say, and we're getting, this is deep, okay? Sometimes all you have is a word from the Lord. That's all you have about a big thing he wants to do. Are y'all out there? Number three thing. Big things, big opportunities, world-changing things are often missed because we don't hear or receive Say these four words with me. Is it four? No, it's five. The word of the Lord. Every, I want, this needs to be in your DNA. Everybody say, the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. The word is Jesus. Jesus is the word. You want to become more like Jesus? Spend more time in Jesus. The word. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. The Bible. The rhema. Man does not live on bread alone, but man lives on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Big things, big opportunities, world-changing things are often missed because we don't hear or receive. Some people hear the word of the Lord, but they don't receive it. In Luke chapter 1, the angel basically says, Hello, you are favored, and the Lord is with you. And I love what verse 39 says. Mary's response, the Bible, Luke said, Mary was confused and disturbed. Anybody been has God ever said something to you in a strange way and it left you confused and disturbed? It's one thing to be confused. It's another thing to be confused and disturbed. It's one thing to be disturbed about something you don't even understand. The angel says, hey, how are you? You're favored. The Lord likes you. Verse 39, Mary was confused and it says, Mary tried to think, what could the angel mean Verse 30, the angel knew what she was thinking. The, verse, the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. How many of you would like to have favor with God? You wouldn't like this kind of favor. They get you pregnant when you're not married, that kind of favor. No wonder she was confused. And we're, we're laughing, and, and, and every December we laugh at stuff like this. This is God sending the Messiah, confusing a little girl that... God knew she can only handle so much. Her family, there's a lot they gotta process to get the Messiah on planet Earth. Angel said, don't be afraid, you found favor. And now listen to this. You will conceive and give birth to a son. Your son will be very great. This little baby, he will be called the son of the most high. Your little boy, God will give, God is giving him the throne of David. He's, he's going to reign. How many even know the angel had Mary's attention by now? He's going to reign over the, 
the house of Israel forever. Your little boy's kingdom, he'll never end. Mary said, how can that happen? I'm a virgin. Oh, sometimes God comes to give you a word and says, You're, this is going to be life-changing for everybody on the planet. What I'm, I'm getting ready to change your whole world and everybody connected to you. And you go, how can that be? Me? Oh, I'm a virgin. I'm disqualified. I think you came to the wrong person. I love preaching in December because it's the template for the way. This isn't just how God brought the Messiah through a little girl. This is how God works. And people like you, Angie, you, Jessica, you, Shine, you, Daryl, God's word comes and it says, and he has to send an angel, somebody who was sent with a message. Mary said, I'm a virgin. And the angel replied with a word from the Lord. How will this be? The angel essentially said, oh, that's easy. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. Just like he did everything else in the Old Testament. It wasn't David who killed Goliath. The Holy Spirit came and overshadowed. And it became obvious. God killed Goliath. That's easy. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come. What's more, the angel goes on and said, and listen, just so this is how God does this. The angel goes, I, I want to just prop you up and build your faith. And he says, what's more, your relative, Elizabeth, it's an exclamation point. It says, she has become pregnant in her old age. Elizabeth? Mary had to go. She's married to Zachariah. They've been trying for 88 years. <laughs> One of them can't perform. And the angels that props her up goes, this is what God does. He goes, I'm moving in the earth and it's close to you. It's someone in your family. People use the Bible. This is what the Bible says. The angel goes, people used to say about Elizabeth, she was barren. But that was before her husband, Zachariah, you see the connection, received a word from the Lord. And you're talking about, a, this is in Luke chapter one, right before the angel comes to see Mary. Elizabeth, she, it was said about her she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now six months pregnant. In fact, he won't be aborted. It'll be a fetus that'll be the first one on this planet to worship the Messiah. That can't happen. I'm a virgin. How can that happen since I'm a virgin? How can that? 
God, we miss opportunities because we don't get the word of the Lord. I'm going somewhere, and I'm going to get there here in just a minute, but please hold on. This, I sense, the, I sense life reshaping anointing in this room. Holy Spirit will come on, overshadow you. In Luke chapter 1, 37, here's how the angel ends the conversation with her. For the word of God will never fail. Brothers and sisters, all things, all great things start small. You have to be filled with Holy Spirit conceived inspiration and sight to be able to see potential in all situations. God sees differently than you do. God works in sketchy ways, more sketchy than your ways and my ways, but he is effective in his sketchiness. Y'all tracking with me? God chooses a stuttering, emotionally disturbed old man to lead his people out of Egypt. He sends out David, a little spoiled child whose father didn't see potential in him when the prophet came to select the next king of Israel to face the giant. Bethlehem, where the shepherds were told, today, Savior, you get the point. You have to be able to see the potential for the power of the Most High overshadowing you and your situation. What are you looking at today that you can't see or understand? Or what are you looking at that you gave up on because it looked too small? It wasn't a good opportunity. You've underestimated it. Let me ask you again. What are you looking at today in this chaotic 2020 year because a lot of people are looking at the wrong things. They don't have the word of the Lord. They're not listening. They haven't heard and received the word of the Lord. Point number four, and I'm skipping over to bring it to a close. Hearing and receiving the word of the Lord changes everything in your life and in your world. Can somebody give me a good amen on that? You mean hearing and receiving the word of the Lord changes everything you think? It's not just hearing, it's receiving. May you say what Mary said, okay, may it be unto me according to your word. I received that. You need to know God's word on your situation. Not only what he has said, but what he is saying. Everybody look right here at me. I will never stand up here and preach you something that only is about what God has said. I pray hard and wrestle with the Lord every weekend so that I can do my best to stand up here and say what he's saying. And I'm not insecure about it. And it's not me. I'm not impressed with me. I'm unimpressed with me. But when he puts a word in my spirit, I will stand here like I am right now knowing it's worth you being here and paying attention because God's trying to overshadow you with what he wants to do by the power of his spirit in your life. Whew. The prophets foretold of the coming Messiah in detail, 332 prophecies regarding the Messiah. And they had the Old Testament only 
And it was a mono AM resistor ra a transistor radio signal. And now Mary is seeing the stereo signal come in. And you and I sit here this morning with surround sound. And if we can't hear the word of the Lord, something's wrong. Are y'all tracking with me? We're not in the Old Testament or the New Testament. We stand 2,000 years in a world that's still broken, seeing and hearing the word of the Lord. What is the word of the Lord, Pastor Jeff? What are you talking about? Let's go back to Zechariah, the one building the temple. Verse six, he says, you'll rebuild this temple, but it really won't be you, it'll be me. You being filled with my spirit. Look what verses seven through nine. If you're standing here going, we really need to get this. We, I mean, we really, and we've tried, and we, it's been 16 years since anybody's put their hand to it. And here's what the word of the Lord is. What are you, mighty mountain? What mountain? The mountain of discouragement. The mountain of trying to get the people of God fired up again. Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of, God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord, everybody say it with me. The word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. This is God saying, listen, he started it. I'm telling you, he's going to complete it. I'm the one that says to the mountains, be removed. It's going to happen. Apply that to today. The mountain of division, the mountain of racism, the mountain of COVID and pandemic, the mountain of lying prophets of Baal that are on CNN and Fox seven days a week. God says, the word of the Lord is, my spirit will have my way in the earth. I'm concerned about the church. Because we hear talks and presentations on Sunday mornings. The word of the Lord, the Bible said in the Old Testament, when the word of the Lord was rare, the people did what was right in their own eyes. When the word of the Lord, we need the word of the Lord. You know, in the book of Revelation, I just got to tell you something. This is side note as I'm coming in for a landing. Do you know in the the word angel is often translated pastor. Angel literally, agalos, literally means one who is sent with a message from on high. In Revelation, where it says the letters to the church, and it says to the angel or to the pastor, the leader, many theologians think it was God was speaking by his spirit to the leader of that church. I kind of like that, that the pastor is an angel. Would y'all pray that Candace will receive that? <laughs> that I'm, one, I'm sent. Do you know how frustrating it is to be an agaloso, to be sent with the word of the Lord? Now, I'm closing with this. Look right here at Luke chapter three. All right, but before you pull that up, everybody look, Luke chapter one, this is Zachariah being told, your, your old lady is gonna, she's gonna have a baby. 
And he's like, no way. Zip. You won't talk for the next nine months. I'll take care of that. I don't want you putting any curses. I don't want you talking about how impossible it is for me to do what I told you the word of the Lord is. Y'all out there, some of y'all, the best thing could happen to you is you for become mute for the next, until God's promise can come. I, we're laughing. It's a good, if, if we weren't laughing, we'd be crying. That's how powerful our words are. God goes, no, the word of the Lord, like I've made a promise to Abraham. I'm going to keep it. Even if I have to make people zip it. And Luke one, then the angel comes to Mary. Luke two, they go to Bethlehem and look, and you know, all the beautiful things in Luke chapter two, they bring Jesus and there's an old man, Simeon, who had a word from the Lord that he wouldn't pass away. The Bible says from the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't pass away until he had seen the Messiah. Now there's a lot of people that get a word from the Lord. There's a lot of words from the Lord flowing out right now. You need, that's why you need to be able to discern the word of the Lord. But here's the beauty. So after all, I mean, that's two action-packed chapters in the New Testament. I bet you've never seen this. Look at what the first two verses of the next chapter, Luke chapter three say. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria, and Traconitus, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, there's a Texan in the Bible right there in Luke chapter three. <laughs> During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, out in the wilderness. <laughs> you see that? Y'all see that? In the year... President Donald J. Trump was president of these United States of America. When Brian Kemp was the governor of Georgia, Keisha Lance Bottoms, Bottoms, <laughs> what movie reference, mayor of the city of Atlanta. And Joseph Biden had a new office of the president-elect. <laughs> the word of the Lord came to Chuck. <laughs> no. It's coming to you this morning. It might be, it came to Chuck that it might come to you. And Luke 1 verse 37 says this, for no word from God will ever fail. And Mary's next words were what your words need to be. She said, I am, I'm, I'm just a servant. May it be unto me just like you've said. Cindy's verse that she has quoted over and over and over and over for you is Jeremiah chapter one, verse 12. It's the Old Testament version of this. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly. We have to see correctly. And God says, for I am watching to see 
that my word is fulfilled. God is speaking to you. Big things often come in small, unwanted, surprising packages. Big things often come out of broken families. And it's the word of the Lord, or better yet, receiving the word of the Lord that causes those big things to come to pass. In the name of Jesus, as we come in, you remember what I said earlier, I just felt the quickening of the Lord to say to everybody, December of 2020 is going to be awesome. And not everybody's going to see it as awesome. And some of you are having a hard time believing that. You're just trying to get through the weekend. You'll try next week to do the same. But the word of the Lord is coming to you today. The word of the Lord is saying, don't miss this opportunity. I want you to see that that little baby is the savior of the world. I want you to see that I use little unqualified teenage girls and I can use you. Are y'all out there this morning? How many of you feel, you don't have to confess this or even acknowledge it, but I want you, it's between you and the Lord. I know that I've done my job this morning. How many of you have something on the inside of you rumbling? There's something God's trying to conceive that he's speaking to you about your situation, about your family, about your marriage, about your life, about your business, about some of your thought life. There is a transforming, renewing word that's going out this morning, and I want you to receive it. Would you stand with me as we get ready to receive or come to the Lord's table and to take communion? Thank you, honey. If you don't have the communion elements, the ushers will be happy. If you'll just raise your hand, Edwin, we, we've got a couple people, Daryl and Daryl, a couple people here that need elements. If we can, we have some down here. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. It will always be. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus at the center of it all. Ooh. Jesus at the center of it all. Beginning to the end. Oh, always be. Making sure everybody has the elements. Nothing in the world will do. Jesus. Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around Praise you. Jesus, you. Praise you, Father. So we come to the Lord's table. 
The scripture teaches us that we are to do this to celebrate the Lord's death. The shedding of his blood, the offering of his body on our behalf, and that we are not only to celebrate it as a historical fact, but a current reality that what happened on the cross affects our today. And so when we take the, the wafer, it's the body that is broken so that yours can be made whole. And Paul says to the Corinthians, don't take it lightly. Take it for what it really is. As you receive it, let healing take place in your body. You be made strong. And so as we come to the Lord's table, we take the wafer. Jesus taught the disciples the night before he was betrayed, as often as you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat. We thank you, Father. We will not hurry this moment. We thank you. As we worship at the Lord's table, we thank you that you, you, you mend the broken heart. You comfort the lonely, the afflicted. You set the captives free. You break the addictions. We thank you, Father, that we are brand new creations in you. Therefore, if the Son set us free, we are free indeed in the name of Jesus. At the end of the meal, Jesus took the cup and he said, this is my blood which is shed for you. As often as you do it, drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink and honor and worship and reflect on the beauty of our Savior and his shed blood. Thank you, Lord. You can turn and just put those cups behind you as we finish our worship time this morning. And I want to just remind you several things. Are, if you need prayer, there'll be several of us elders and leaders that will be here in the here, here by the stage at the end of the service. If anyone needs prayer for anything, we're here and we'll be happy to pray with you. And also there is a, a missions. If you have an interest in missions, our Guatemala Medical Missions Ministry team that is scheduled to take a trip next summer. There's a luncheon right after, and I know many of you are aware of it, and you're invited to be a part of that. If you have interest, you can join us. But mainly, I just want to just say to you, receive the word of the Lord. How many of you can say, I've heard God speak to me today? Would you just hold your hands up? And I pray that he personalizes it, about your situation. The Holy Spirit's beautiful to do that. And I just, I, I, am, I am anticipating the next four or five weeks. Everybody look at me. I'm praying a lot and I'm sensing and have, a, have an idea in the power of the Spirit what God, you're getting ready to see the next four, five, six weeks, things we've never seen before. But don't be dismayed. As the angel said to Mary, do not be afraid favor is coming favor is coming and so in the name of Jesus no matter no matter what happens in the political situation with covid the sickness the stock market my family my body the way what i see tries to impact me in the name of Jesus i receive the word of the lord and may we all be able to say 
May it be unto me according to your word. Say that with me. May it be unto me according to your word. Now, if you can say that with all your heart, just hold out your hands like you're receiving something from the Lord. Be, be filled with his spirit. May God conceive the life of Jesus in you and that you may everywhere you go this week and in the days to come, may you spread everywhere the aroma of Christ. In Jesus' name, I pray. Come on now, if you're victorious, let's shout unto God. Glory to your name, Jesus. Jesus at the center of it all. One more time, come on. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus at the center of it all. and they put Jesus out in a manger. We want him to be in the center. I got the word wrong. It's not our church. It's your church. Your church. Come on. Here we go. Jesus, Jesus be, be the, the center of your church. I bless you in the name of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. Be gracious unto you. May lift up his countenance on you and give you peace with a capital P. How many of you receive it? God bless y'all. Have a great afternoon.